0: listening to the Creative Pep Talk podcast. Creative Pep Talk helps you build a thriving creative career. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with Creative Pep Talk and my creative work by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's jump into today's episode. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Ushai. announcement. I'm doing a live Twitter chat this Wednesday, August 16th at 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time with Creative Circle. It's called Celebrating Your Accomplishments and it's with me and it's for their one-year anniversary Twitter chat. You can follow along at AndyJPizza and at Creative underscore Circle. It's going to be super cool. There's some really good questions and I'm looking forward to it. All right, let's get to the show super fun episode and with tons of great stuff jammed in it. We're interviewing Meg Lewis. That's right, the butt guru. <laughs> Actually, you can type in butt.guru and it will take you to her website, Uh, Meg is super fun. She does really cool dances online. She's also uh, a brand designer, and uh, you should go figure out how to go see her talk. She is very entertaining and insightful, Um, and we had a great conversation about personal brand, how therapy and personal development uh, can improve your design and your artwork, and also the power of community and where you live. Uh, this was an awesome conversation with my friend Mag Lewis. We had a co host, Danielle Evans. Thank you so much for uh, sitting in as co host. Danielle is a food lettering artist or a three dimensional. I'm I'm messing that up, but it's a three-dimensional lettering artist. You can uh, go listen to her episodes, too. I've interviewed her twice. Go check out her work. Thank you, Danielle, for sitting in and doing this. Made the conversation phenomenal. Uh, And stay tuned for some bonus content uh, after this episode where I'm going to talk to Andrew Nyer and the Color Factory people, um, Jordan Fernie of Oh Happy Day. Anyway, I'll tell you more about that after the episode. Here it is, without further ado, Meg Lewis. I I never really thought about personal brand um, at all for the first probably four or five years of my illustration career. It wasn't a focus of mine. Um, I found the term a little unsettling And then I would do all these interviews with the podcast and I just noticed that the thing that was the differentiator between these people who had really kind of had explosive careers was personal brand. Like that was the difference between, you know, I feel like you have all these um, millions of people on Behance that are, have the most insane skills ever, but no personal brand and people don't feel like they know them and therefore don't feel like they can hire them or whatever. And so I started thinking uh, more deeply about it. And the people that have a good personal brand, in quotes, uh, they were not gross people and it was actually a, uh, it seemed that it could be a really pure thing. Um, So what's your advice to creative people that find that term? Gagworthy, so to speak.
1: Okay, uh, what advice I would give to people who don't like the term personal brand? Yeah, it's the same advice that I give myself every day in my head. I think because I also don't like the term personal brand, but it's kind of the term now to use. Yeah, and I try not to think of myself as a brand at all, and I just try to think of myself as a holistic, happy person that needs certain things to make myself happy, mm-hmm. and I need to do those things every day in order to be the happiest version of myself that I can be. And for me, that is being myself as often as possible and making sure that I'm getting that out and making sure that I'm being true to myself. Um, So I think if somebody's grossed out about the term personal brand, I would think about it as just figuring out who you are and making sure that you are that person and you're not a fake version of yourself at any point.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep, that's awesome. Uh, What about personal boundaries do you think about that very much (laughs) sorry uh i put a lot of myself out there as well and uh you know we've seen your dancing and all kinds of Mm -hmm. shenanigans uh are there things that you don't share
1: uh probably my my nude pics Right. uh, (laughs) probably my nude body i haven't shared
2: any pictures of myself
1: right that's um, not the answer. I thought <laughs> that was coming. Yeah. Is,
2: your, is your butt's tattoo circulating the internet somewhere? Like, in a
1: no, place. I actually took a photo. So I have a tattoo on my butt that is a traditional mom heart tattoo, but it's upside down. It says butts instead, <laughs> nice. and it's on my butt. And uh, I did. But's I recently. I recently did a sort of blog series. I was featured a photography series on, you know, self-confidence and whatnot, body positivity. So I was like, this is the perfect opportunity to take a photo of my butt. So I did a self-timer Send photo them. of yes! my butt. <laughs> and I sent it off to them. I was like, they're going to love this. It was really tasteful. The lighting was great. <laughs> no no editing whatsoever. <laughs> and uh, it was actually, you know, like just the top, Two inches of crack right. it wasn't yeah. full yeah. butt cheeks it, it was butt, cheek. butt cleavage it was yeah. yes it was, right. but it was very yeah. tastefully done did and you was, make that up butt cleavage yeah. that's pretty good thank you good call <laughs> yeah i wear special underwear that makes my butt cleavage it just lifts and lifts <laughs> and separates <laughs> Um, anyway uh, so I sent it off and was really excited about that photo most of all among the other photos and couldn't wait to see it launched I was like people are going to see my butt this is a big deal (laughs) and then it launched and they omitted the butt photo (gasps) Uh, what What did did they have a they didn't even say a, a no thing statement. about my butt. There was no no statement. No. <laughs> they issued no statement, but That's they eliminated kind of harsh my butt. To send
0: a photo of your butt to somebody and get nothing
1: back. It yeah, yeah. it's the the only time I've ever done it.
2: <laughs> I, I always wonder if you could get away with something like that in like a an underwear shoot or something. I've been seeing a lot of like ladies underwear and female entrepreneurs being featured kind of in their underwear, but it's like tasteful. That is true. Maybe yeah. maybe we just need to put you in touch with those. Did people. I go too far. <laughs> 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 I think it deserves to be seen.
1: Mm, yeah, I've almost... I guess that, that brings us back to the question because I've almost posted that photo a few times mm. on the internet Yeah. and wasn't sure if I should because I post everything else imaginable and the more that I post weird stuff that I just feel like posting, yeah. the more I seem to succeed. Right. Yes. Uh, the more opportunities I get, the stranger I am and the more me I am. Yeah. And so... I, I think that that photo is the only thing I've ever stopped myself from posting and it's finally hit that line where I don't know if I should or not Sure yeah
0: so I think it's all great to put yourself into the work and put yourself out there and all that. I think one of the stumbling blocks is how do you know who you are like how, that's a tough question do you I know you do a lot of brand work that's the main bulk of what you do. Do you have any tricks? For uncovering a brand, either you know a company's brand or a personal brand, what are your tricks?
1: Yeah, uh, for a personal brand, I think it works the best if you make a list of all of the things that are extremely unique to you and not to other people. So it's probably yeah. those things that people have always pointed out about you. And you've probably been self-conscious about it or you've thought that there are things that are wrong with you, like maybe you sleep until 2 p.m. every day and people are always making fun of that or maybe you are just always apologizing Uh, after everything that you say and people are always (laughs) commenting on it. Uh, So I think that you should make, most people should just try making a list of what those things are because those things are the things that you have that no one else does. Those are the things that you you know, those are like kind of like superpowers that you have that most people don't have. Mm-hmm. And try to think about what those things are and how you can actually take those as good things, positive things that are special to you and to no one else. Mm-hmm. And how you can amplify that in your life and actually use that to your advantage rather than trying to hide it all the time. Sure. And I think that's the most unique thing about our personalities is that, literally the most unique things about our personalities. Um, and with a brand, I think it's really helpful to take all of those things and you know combine them maybe with the things that you value most of all. So what are the things that are most important to you about being alive or being in the world and how you can combine your unique perspective and your unique skills or flaws and combine them with the things that you love about life mm-hmm. and try to put them together and amplify them as much as possible. And I think that's what makes us who we are, yeah. are those unique qualities and those things that we, that we really
2: cherish and value.
3: Yeah, I want to ask awesome. you
2: more about, kind of talking about superpowers, because I've kind of thought of this in a similar vein. What do you think about, like you've touched in your last statement, about maybe the things that are your kryptonite and figuring out how to embrace those flaws or those quirks and turning that into more of a brand thing?
1: Yeah. uh, For me in particular, there are a few things that are quote unquote wrong with me that people have always told me I was wrong for having about myself. Um, One of them is that I love change so much to the point where it's, it can be a bad thing because I can't go the same way to work every day. I like to pick different routes. I can't, like I said, I don't Mm -hmm. use the same shampoo twice. I, you know, am constantly changing my career. I'm constantly changing, you know, like my taste in music or food or whatnot. And when it comes to a career, that could be really dangerous because it means that I'll probably never have a full-time job because I can't even stand the idea of having to go to the same place every oh, day. you see notice something oh that's working. Yeah, or work. or yeah, I'm loving something but then all of a sudden I don't love it anymore just because I've been doing it too much. Yeah, I understand um, that. And for me, I tried as hard as I can to just embrace that and let that actually run my life and let myself just enjoy being that way and I like to ride with it and because I love change it's not a bad thing. It just means I need to live my life slightly different than everyone else. Um, but it also means that I can have a career that's vastly different from anyone else's because I'm constantly sure. changing what I do for a living. Every month even, it feels like. With every project, my career
2: is different. Now, can I ask you also, this kind of steps into when we've discussed mental health and how you see your mental health because I see that sense of self-confidence and wellness is a big part of your personal brand. So how, how does that knowing of yourself correlate Professionally to your personal uh, life, like I'm noticing, you do you do a lot of like therapy, but in a way that is, I'm just discovering who I am.
1: Yeah, um, I I think a few years ago I sort of had an epiphany that made me realize that I technically am the most important thing about my life. The mm-hmm. fact that I'm alive <coughs> means that everything exists around me, yeah. and I think that a lot of people don't realize that about themselves. They think that. You know, other people are more important to them, and, and in many ways that is true. Um, but I realized that I need to take care of myself more than anything because when I'm happy and when I'm doing my best, it means that all of my relationships are stronger, everything around me is better, and I'm making the world a better place for the environment around me and the people around me. So that sort of is where I'm at right now, and I need to do everything imaginable or possible for me to make sure that I feel as happy as I can all the time because it just makes my career better. It makes my relationships better. It makes everything in my life so much better. So it's really important that I, you know, go to therapy, you know, every week or that I am just assessing myself every day and making sure that I'm being myself and that I'm doing all the things I need to do to be as happy as possible. That's awesome. Mm -hmm.
0: And, uh, I love the idea of, I think you even focused on your weaknesses or perceived weaknesses because I think anything that stands out about you, you're probably, just because it stands out, you're probably going to get good feedback about it and Mm -hmm. bad feedback. Absolutely. You're probably going to remember the bad more than the good because you're going to be insecure about it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Good trick.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And I bet your self-talk is probably very positive, which I think is part of the secret to being able to do good work consistently. Definitely.
0: How do you think you got to the stage where that work was kind of flowing because at least for me like early early years it feels very choppy Mm -hmm. you don't have a mastery of any sort you don't really know who you are at all uh and it's just it it feels yeah not like it's coming out and then eventually over time or whatever for me it just flows all over the all the time now. I
1: think it's directly related to just knowing who I am. Yeah. I think because I've always had a style. Even when I was a student, I would get in trouble by my teachers all the time because they kept saying I had a style and I needed to get out of it. Right. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> they wanted me to explore different yeah. types of design and they wanted me to learn and grow. But for me, I was stuck in this style. They would say, and uh, it was the style that only I had that people would constantly comment on, and I couldn't see it. I didn't understand what it was. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell it was happening. Um, but I think that's just because I had a unique personality mm-hmm. and it was coming out of my work and as I knew began to learn more about my personality and learn more about who I am the work flowed more naturally and I started being able to understand what that style is and then as soon as I got fully aware of myself and, and who I was, it became a thing that I couldn't ignore. And I just sit down and it just comes out. And that's why it's, it baffles me when, when you hear people always talking about how they hate designing for themselves. It's like the worst thing they could yeah. do because they never get it done. They get stuck so many times. Yeah. And for me, I'm my favorite client. i just should, so easy yeah, for me. to. I just love everything I do. I'm just like, approve. Yeah. This is great, Meg. <laughs> right? And constantly. And it just comes out of me. And I finally don't have anyone in the way that that's, you know, barking at me and telling me their opinion. And so I can just do what I want and it's only for me.
0: Yeah, sorry.
1: That's all. Uh, uh,
0: And When you get into that (laughs) flow and it starts happening like that, uh, at least for me with the podcast and all that stuff, I get to the point where when I get a client email that's like, we have a new shiny job for you. I'm like, no, I'm doing cool stuff. (laughs) Uh, Let me ask you this then. Do you see a direct correlation between personal growth and development even in your own just personal life with the development of your work do you think they are they go hand in hand
1: yeah, uh, I am a. Uh, I do not like the term work-life balance at all. Yeah, yeah. Because for me, I want them to be the exact same thing. That's why I work alongside my best friends. It's why I work with my partner. It's you know, it, it it's why I don't like to work set hours in the day because I want the things that I do in my work life to be equally as fulfilling as the things I do in my day-to-day real at-home life. Yeah. Um, and so I try to blend the two together as often as possible so that. Eventually, I won't get burnout. Eventually, maybe I won't even want to retire. Who knows where I'll be? I don't like thinking about the future, but um, <laughs> I like to blend work and life as much as possible so that my work is my life and my life is my work. Yeah. And then that way, while I'm working, it feels the same. It feels just as fulfilling as whenever I'm hanging out at That's home beautiful. with friends.
0: You have mentioned uh, therapy, or you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think therapy has had an impact on your design work?
1: Yes. Yes, yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, I I view therapy as a way to be curious about myself. I don't technically have anything like wrong with me. No, I don't which have which a psychological go, disorder or anything. Um, but I am a regular human being that has problems every day that I need to talk through and I need to figure out how I actually feel about those problems and I need to absorb the things that are happening around me. And therapy is a really great way to just be really curious about myself. So it, it doesn't have to be this thing where, you know, I'm embarrassed, or I shouldn't have to talk about the fact right. that I go to therapy with anybody mm-hmm. else because I think it's really exciting. To me, it feels like going to a spa or doing anything yeah. else for myself. It's just something I do to learn more about myself, and it gives me time to practice about what my perspective is and to work out what my perspective is on certain issues or whatever.
0: Even mm. I think that in our culture, uh, because I've started doing like the one-on-one coaching stuff, and and I see how valuable it is for someone who's really outside of your situation to just take a peek and Mm -hmm. you know talk through things like i feel like this is the resource that as americans or whatever we just do not use this to its full potential it is an incredible power to have someone that is you know not biased about your situation to come in and take a look and show you all the things that you're missing that have like built up. The
1: Absolutely. Ears. And I find for me personally, it's most of the thing that my therapist does for me is she reframes things for yeah. me. Right. I'll, I'll be viewing a situation in a totally different way than I could be viewing it. And the, the way that she helps me reframe is so much healthier for me mm-hmm. um, than the way that I was previously looking at it. Right. So that's usually the thing that I find most valuable.
2: I've even seen a direct correlation between Um, work practices that I have where when personally I've had some some struggle or tough times, I've been able to look at things that I've developed in my business and go, oh wait, that's actually really healthy and I remember when I was healthier developing this practice, I need to pull this back into my life. So like being being more open to expansive activities like hiking, discovering that Um, last year and deciding that that was something that made sense to my body but not recognizing um, like with my Prior bodies of work, when I've been working in a resourceful way that seemed kind of janky, it was just right for me. Um, so I don't know if that correlation makes sense. Yeah, but it does. But, it does. And yeah. I, I think
0: about this all the time of the musicians that get stuck in the refining the songs in the album, and then touring, refining the songs in the album, and then touring, and they just the music just slowly dies. Yeah, because they're not taking in a, a broader perspective and experience and reflection, and yet letting all that stuff like bounce around. Uh, one thing I want to talk to you about is your move to Minneapolis, which was yes. a, a, a few years about, ago, about a year ago, about a year mm-hmm. ago. And one of the things I think that, uh, I feel like I have a lot of listeners that are in a random place in America, uh, in their room trying to make stuff happen, you know, on the side, and uh, but they're locked in their room, mm-hmm. they don't see anybody. They're, they're it's unhealthy in all kinds of ways uh, although I understand it um, and I always am trying to talk about the power of location and meeting people and all that jazz uh, first and foremost my question is how did New York uh, what was the impact that New York had on your career?
1: Uh, ooh, okay well I was categorized as an introvert before i moved to new york and really? on exiting new york i became, i was categorized as an extro- extrovert right uh, so i think that's the biggest difference but i was kind of before i moved to new york i was the type of person that i was felt like an outsider all the time and never really had that good of friends mm. i had and i was constantly moving because i like changed so much that i would just move all the time so i never <laughs> lived anywhere long enough to make friends and um I always worked from home as a freelancer as well, and I would get anticipation anxiety about oh. like one event a month. So if I had an event coming up that was in three weeks, I would constantly think about it, constantly think about it. Go, oh gosh, that thing's coming up, that thing's coming up. And then when it would come, I would because I love change so much, I'd just be like, I'm gonna do something else instead, and right. then I wouldn't go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so when I moved to New York, I got thrown into a community kind sort of against my will. Why did you um, move to
0: New York? New I moved
1: York? to New York cuz I was freelancing for a company that was having me fly out to New York once a, once a month for a week. Yeah. So I was spending a lot of my time in New York and I figured I might as well just move there if I'm going to be freelancing with this company. It was kind of like a permalance scenario where I was going to be there for right. a, as long as the company was around. Um, so I moved I moved there for that company and the company ended up shutting down uh, 6 weeks <laughs> after I moved to New York. It's <laughs> a startup. They shut down. Um, and so I next door to the building that company worked out of was um, a, a place where a bunch of freelancers shared a studio together. And I got thrown into that community not knowing any of them. And it was a place where a lot of very impressive designers worked mm-hmm. to me at the time. They were very impressive. And I was not on that level at all, in my head at least. And I was really intimidated. And I went there, and they were Freaking, freaking me out with their good skills <laughs> and uh, eventually as I was working there longer and longer I realized that they were very nice people <laughs> mm-hmm. and also whenever you look over the shoulder of any designer when they're working anything out it looks awful I learned so I got to see how really awesome designers make really crappy work at first and then as they keep working on it and get feedback from the people around them it gets a little bit better and a little bit better and then it becomes amazing
4: mm.
1: And so it started to make me feel a lot better about the perspective I had on the design industry and myself as a designer, just to be surrounded by these really you know, successful designers and see how their process was and give them feedback and have them give me feedback. And then as I was there for longer and longer, we became really good friends. And. Then we became best friends, as I was there for a few more years. And that's eventually how the other Ghostly Ferns came about, was I was working alongside them as individual freelancers. And we decided to work together as often as possible. And so just being around people, to have people to actually interact with, almost kind of like I worked in an office, to where I would have people to celebrate birthdays with or go yeah. out to lunch with, people to give me feedback on my work, or people to just like, I'm bored, can I Can I? You know, have a coffee with you. Let's go get coffee. That sort of thing was invaluable for me just on a mental level of just yeah. being able to interact with people every day and get used to doing things and being around others, yeah. <laughs> as well as my work. It made my work so much better to be surrounded by feedback and to be surrounded by encouragement and people who were really excited about what I was doing.
2: Yeah. Can I ask you a question, since you're kind of touching on it, about navigating feedback? So with a sense of self being as strong as you are, how are you balancing getting other people's perspective versus sitting strong in what you believe?
1: Well, I think that um, I'm cool with uh, design feedback in general. I, I don't get my feelings too hurt when someone tears apart a design that I make, unless it has a huge mission behind it or a huge life purpose of mine behind it <laughs> and then it gets a little too personal but that normally doesn't happen anyway. Um, I'm, I'm totally okay with feedback in general as far as as long as it's design feedback but I think that since I mostly work for companies who have a mission based purpose um, of you know either making the world a healthier or happier place usually our our missions are aligned and we're trying to just, you know accomplish the same thing or the same mission so it usually doesn't become a problem i think it's normally pretty cool whenever they give design feedback because it always
2: makes my design better um but i feel like that's an attitude you have to choose as well (laughs) yeah
1: yeah absolutely um i don't i don't ever feel like too personally invested in my design for clients because they're running the show, I'm I'm sort of the expert as far as visuals, but um, usually they come at me with a perspective that is more about their audience or their you know culture, and that's fine. Um, but I think uh, for client feedback, a lot of times you just get the client that hates the color green. So if you put green in it, they're just going to hate yeah. it because it's their yeah. personal bias. Yeah. Those are a little harder, and that's when you have to push back a little bit more. But but usually I'm okay talking it through.
0: So uh, I think. Lots of people know the advantages of living in New York as a designer, or illustrator, or whatever. Uh, what have been the advantages of living in Minneapolis?
1: Ooh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, it's definitely, well, besides cost of living, obviously. Yeah, yep. um, it's I moved there because it is the place in the world that I feel shares the same values as me. Yeah. And I think it's it, it's scary to move somewhere where you don't really know anyone. But for me, I just wanted to be somewhere where there were a lot of people that were like me. There were a lot of people that were would challenge me and push me in a direction that I wanted to be going in. Have you lived there before? Yes. So, okay. we Sorry. lived there for a hot second. Yeah. While I was going to New York once a month. Okay. So, we didn't even make it a full year and I was gone most of that time and that, but that's when I fell in love with Minneapolis and that's I moved there in the first place just cuz I wanted like to, get at yeah. to get it no better to get I moved to I Minneapolis hope. in the first place <laughs> because I wanted to get to know it better, and and I did, and I love it. And the people there are just—they're the type of person that I want to be, that I that I'm trying to be.
2: Uh, what and does that type of person look like?
1: <laughs> well, they're um, extremely open-minded. It's a really, really beautifully diverse, especially the neighborhood that I'm in, um, city. That's really welcoming of all types of of religions and cultures and and whatnot, um, but the, the people there are very friendly. I think, especially being in New York, I people don't value friendliness as much there. People are extremely friendly, especially the design community in New York, and I loved that, but that's just not the culture. It's a little bit more of a direct culture, and I, I've learned a lot about New Yorkers and how to be a little bit more direct, and I think it's been really great for me. Mm-hmm. But I also really value kindness, and people in Minnesota and Minneapolis are extremely kind, and I've also learned there's a difference between being nice and being kind. Yes, there is a big
4: difference. Yes,
1: and people there are kind. They care a lot about their neighbors, and so that really reflects itself in, in their culture and in their politics and in the whole city's infrastructure.
0: So what did that, uh, what is, what's been good in this year that's changed, What you know, how, in terms of your happiness in terms of your work What I mean what's the vibe on that
1: I am so I opened up my own space in Minneapolis earlier this year it is a shared workspace for me and a couple of my friends Yeah. Um, but it's also an event space for the community to host events so we do free community events as well as workshops and uh, camps and things like that so we have anything from children's events to responsive web design events um, and we're hoping eventually to start a an artist grant program so we can have artists in residence that wouldn't otherwise be given the opportunity to have a residency or be given the opportunity to make their own art. Um, So it's a place where I can get closer to the community and learn more about the community because I still Definitely feel like an outsider yeah. there because yeah. I knew, and so it's a place for me to step back and let the community have and use the space and see what they like and see who they are and learn more about them. That's awesome. Yeah, it's
0: exciting. One last one on that, I want to ask about. Uh, you skipped over cost of living because it's you know Scam, obviously yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, obviously it's cheaper than New York. Mm-hmm. But what does what are the benefits of not having that super high cost of living in terms of being a freelancer.
1: Ooh, great! So, I well, as I forementioned, I can do anything I want for myself because yeah. I can now I can afford a little bit more self-care now than I could before. I have more nature around me so I can get outside, I can walk around, I can go for long walks. There are lakes everywhere so I can do that. Mm. There are beaches everywhere so I can lounge in a tube and then there's the cafe <laughs> that's next to the beach where yeah. I go use their Wi-Fi, and have a beer and then I go back in my tube and then I go back and work a little bit more and vice versa.
2: How many lazy rivers are there? Well. There. <laughs> <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> I feel like that's integral to Meg's self care. I love Lazy Rivers. I love Lazy
0: Rivers. <laughs> I can spend so many hours in a Lazy River.
4: I Yeah.
1: There's only so. There's one public pool in Minnesota that has a Lazy River. Um, that's another wonderful thing about Minnesota is the public park system is absolutely spectacular and the public's park system has lazy rivers, which is just yeah. fantastic. <laughs> um, so there's one, there's one lazy river that Highest I like to go lazy to. lazy
0: river per capita.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the land of a thousand lazy <laughs> rivers.
1: <leaves. laughs> <laughs>
0: that's really good. Uh. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. You no, it we're also
1: so sorry. Yes, sorry. I am sorry. Again. No,
0: I'm sorry. I'm definitely <laughs> the most sorry. You're safe.
1: Lazy are you rivers. Safe? <laughs> rivers. Uh,
0: all right, but you're you're you have more margin for personal care and all that jazz. It Absolutely. And it, it sounds like you're saying that, um, and I think for a lot of people, it's true that there are seasons that are good for different things. And yeah. So, both of these different times in your life serve different purposes and now this is like working for you. Definitely.
1: I, yeah. I tend to go with whatever I want at all times. Yes. So at, at one point in New York I just felt like living somewhere else. <laughs> so <laughs> I decided to live somewhere else and I'm lucky enough that Brad just nods his head and goes along it's, with my yeah. my personality and he's happy to to do whatever I'm happy with which is fantastic.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's a good guy. That's
1: so He's awesome. a great guy. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, shifting. I've got one last major shift Ooh. and then a final question. The last uh, shift is what was the biggest breakthrough catalytic shift in your trajectory, your career journey that has made the biggest impact? What is the, what's the thing that created the biggest before that and after that,
1: if that it, makes sense? Yeah. So in, in talking about personal life and work life and how they're the same for me, the shift happened in my personal life and it changed everything about my life and my work. Um, mm. And that was oddly enough when I started dancing. Um, I was sort of the, as I also mentioned, I was an introvert. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't like looking at my body. Didn't like being the center of attention in any way, um, except for when I was a tween and I was miming. I would, it was like a, a competitive mime. But anyway, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. does that explain all the black and white stripes? It's. I think. I think if you if you learn enough about my love of mimes, you you start to see it in my life. Yeah. Um It's. Well, I have like more training but it's why I'm so express my face is <laughs> expressive. And my, so my face I know how to do like a lot of expressions. I can do a lot of motion emotions on command and whatnot, but um I was talking. Oh, dancing! So you look like you really just, just want to talk about mine. Right, yeah. I'm sorry. We,
0: let's do that on podcast number two. We'll go straight <laughs> into mine. Okay. There's a I lot have, there. I wanted to hear a lot about yeah. that, uh, but
1: uh, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> so when I when I started dancing was when. I let go of caring what people thought about me. I was the type of person that I would practice things in my head before I would say them out loud just because I wanted to make sure it was the perfect thing to say that no one would get offended by or no one would judge me for saying. And dancing was the first step in letting go of that. And I was always too afraid to dance in public. And when I finally did for the first time... Nothing happened. Like only great reactions happened, <laughs> and none of the things I thought were going to happen yeah. happened. Yeah, and because we have these perceived outcomes that we have in our head that we assume will happen, when and we they're do always something, bad. Yeah, they're always negative, and. <laughs> What I do, was what, full what of do that.
0: people think is going to happen when you're dancing? Well, the world's going to Oh, happen. what the hell?
2: <laughs> no, not that dance man. <laughs> not what, that. Is it Ugh, a, disgusting. You're moving yeah. out of everyone's top eight. It's like you're just <laughs>
1: I think I was more just afraid of people looking at me yeah. or what mm-hmm. they were thinking that I didn't know what they were thinking because mm-hmm. my mind just assumed they were thinking bad things. And so when I did that and I realized it wasn't as scary as I had thought. Spent my whole life thinking it was going to be. It made me have sort of an epiphany of what else am I doing in my life that is that I'm behaving this way with? You know, what else am I preventing myself from being able to do? And that's when I took an assessment of who I am and what I'm hiding from people, and I just immediately stopped hiding it.
0: This is uh, this has been like the central theme of the past five episodes on my podcast, literally <laughs> about this idea of. Uh, Carl Jung calls it individuation, where your subconscious and your conscious mind become whole, and Mm -hmm. and the shadow self, all the stuff that you're hiding, start to, you start to let them out, and it's amazing to watch everything that you've said in this about the past you. I feel like anybody knows you, yeah, they are shocked right. by the mm-hmm. way that you would describe yourself not that long ago Yes, uh, and that is incredible and it's amazing too the other big thing that we've been exploring is how all of this personal work is like the duty of an artist mm-hmm. uh, because you're the one who's leading the way and showing people how to do this work um,
1: yeah maybe. absolutely uh, and that's amazing. sort of been my mission over the past couple of years is to through, I don't like to tell other people how to live their lives at yeah. all. Yep. Um, but I use my story and I use my perspective to allow people to either learn from it and, and take their own perspective on it or not. Um, so I just like to talk about it as much as possible so that people can either do something with it or they can continue to live their lives sure. how they want to.
2: You've given me great advice before about when you're being that true to yourself, that means that other people drop off just naturally and realizing that there are people that will... Gravitate towards you in a hell yeah kind of way, as opposed to a maybe. It's yes. yeah. actually
0: good because you don't want those people hanging around anyway. And
2: right? that would have
1: terrified me before. The fact that some people saw me and they were like, "That's she's not for me." Yeah, that would have bothered. That would have been the worst nightmare for me. And to know that I don't care anymore what people think about me is such a strange thing, because I'm so trained to care about what people mm-hmm. think about me, but I don't anymore. It's fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Okay,
0: I want to just go back to when you started dancing mm-hmm. and just talk about uh, what... Can you tell me exactly what that moment was like? Like, where were you? How, I'm, I'm trying to extract, like, what the inner work of just deciding... that You had no idea that it was going to change everything in your life, no. right? Um, th- was it an inner part of you saying, just do this, you need to do this, or what, like, what was it? How it, did that all play It out? started
1: when I went to a gym and did a Zumba class, actually. Oh, okay. That was the first time I'd ever, like, really danced just for fun or just for myself, really, doing something for myself. And uh, I was really afraid. I think I probably registered for at least a dozen Zumba classes before I actually went to one. Oh. And uh, by the time, I don't even know what finally got me to go to one, but I finally went and it was so fun, and no one was judging me, but the, whenever I went to the Zumba class, I accidentally went to a Zumba gold class. <laughs> which, I, which I learned is for seniors. <laughs> I wish we had a video of this. That was amazing. But it actually made everything better because they were extremely encouraging, and it was—it felt really good to be around other people that didn't exactly know what they were doing. Yeah. yeah. And it was—I'm so glad it worked out that way because it like made a me Hawks more and comfortable. Or
2: yeah. yeah. Why are we following you around oh with cameras gosh. all the time? Yeah. That's what I want
1: to know. This is actually Zumba Gold. You're welcome
0: to join. Yeah, me. that's
2: basically how it
1: went.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. Why were you so hell bent on signing up
1: to these classes in the first place? I just wanted to find a form of fitness that I liked okay. because right. I was the type of person that always has a gym membership and never goes to the gym because it's not fun. Sure. Yeah, and so I was really afraid of classes in general because I thought they were full of people that always went to that class and they were really hardcore and they knew exactly what they were doing and I'd be the person in the back that was flailing around. Yeah, and so that was what prevented me from going was that like preconceived outcome yeah. notion, and um, and so I was just. Terrified to go, but whenever I finally got there, I realized that nothing I knew was correct and that it was nothing like I thought it yeah, would be. Yeah, well,
0: uh, I know you don't like to give advice. I'm gonna ask at least <laughs> two questions about that. Okay. Uh, what do you think if there's a lesson that you take from that experience uh, of getting into dancing and all of that different stuff? What would you, um, what's a, a core value? that has been birthed from that experience for you that just is now something that you go to all the time. Does that make sense? Yes.
1: Um, During all of this self-discovery phase, I also found a purpose for my life or Mm. for a purpose for living that I think guides everything that I do. Um, And that my purpose is to make the world just a little bit of a happier place. Mm. And I think that every decision I make, I assess whether or not I'm Accomplishing my purpose, or if I'm meeting my purpose, and every day I want to go to sleep at night knowing that I made the world a slightly happier place. And some days I don't feel like doing anything, and I feel like just staying at home all day, and I think that's okay too. Because yeah. at yeah. least I'm yeah. not making an unhappier, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> you break even some days. <laughs> yeah, mm. um, but that is, that is really important to me, and I think that. It's a weird thing to think about a life purpose. And it's kind of also weird to think that most people don't have a reason for being alive, like they don't have a thing that drives them. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's why faith is so important for some people. and that is my faith is mm. believing in myself to achieve my purpose and it's not a huge purpose i just if i leave the world just a little bit happier than whenever i got into it that's all i need to do i don't need to have like a huge legacy or anything yeah. i just want anyone's interaction to me with me to be really Positive and kind, and I just want to. Whether I'm walking out on the street or out with my friends, I want to make everyone's experience wonderful. Who's around me? Oh, that's
0: wonderful. That's amazing. I love the distinction of it not being a giant purpose. I think that I feel like in my own life and and what I see other people struggle with with this issue of purpose is that no purpose ever seems big enough to give your life to. Mm-hmm. But from the outside, when you listen in, like there's a there's a local ice cream shop called Jenny's and they say that they make the world's best ice cream. And I think if your purpose was, I'm going to make the world's best ice cream, there's part of you that's like, is that really worth it? Like, does that matter? But from the outside, everybody else in the world's like, oh, you make the best world's ice cream? Like, you think you're that amazing? And making the world a little bit of a happier place is actually massive in terms of like, being one person doing that. Um, but I think we always mislead ourselves into thinking it has to be some giant, epic thing. Yes, yeah.
2: absolutely. Yeah. I totally. think that's the nice thing with a smaller, like a a humbler version of a purpose, yeah. is that it's something that transcends everything you do. So in that way, it's spreading and pervasive through your life. So it is that much more amplified and, and bigger than you. But it's small enough for bite-sized chunks, mm, you know, mm-hmm. small totally. enough for you yes. to ingest every day. And absolutely.
0: I've been thinking a lot about that uh, just that litmus test, and what mine is. I've been thinking about that same question of when things are coming. Because I'm, I'm having to. I'm really bad at saying no to things, mm-hmm. and I'm having to figure out what am I? What are the things that I'm going to say no to? Mm-hmm. And I think that I've been, I've been trying to figure that out. What? Last question. What? Uh, which sounded way more intense than I meant it to. <laughs> you know, and you leaned uh, in so heavily.
2: Last yes. question. Um, but uh,
0: is. For people that maybe feel far off and really confused about what they feel like their purpose is or whatever, Mm -hmm. what uh, tips or tricks would you say about that?
1: Yeah, I think it comes full circle to what I was saying earlier where I would encourage people to just write out a list of the things that are unique about them. Mm -hmm. It may or may not be the things that people are constantly pointing out about you or making fun of you for. And then also write out a list of the things that matter to you, the things that you value most. And then try to mush them together, and you'll find you'll find a reason for living that only you can accomplish because of your unique personality.
0: Awesome. Sorry. Oh, follow up question. <laughs>
1: Sorry. <laughs> Andy just had a phone <laughs> finger,
2: by the way. <laughs> i, I just
4: grabbed really his hand. answer. Sorry about that, so Danielle.
2: I think about when you've gone to Zumba and how you had to be comfortable with not knowing something or having your perception mm-hmm. alter. Have you seen that also? presenting itself in your greater purpose.
1: Yeah, I think it's it it allowed me to find my purpose um, to let go of caring what other people thought about me and and embrace who I actually am and do that 100 percent and be myself 100 percent. And without being able to do that, I wouldn't have been able to say, wow, I am capable of making the world a happier Mm -hmm. place because of my unique personality. And so one thing totally led to another. And because of all of this, I'm able to make the work that I do today. And because I'm showing all this, because I'm fulfilling my purpose, because I'm being myself, Mm -hmm. I get more and more work. And Mm -hmm. I'm constantly being fed work just because of who I am. And the more I post things about butts or the more I (laughs) post dancing videos or whatnot, the more work that I get. Because it's like the the more I am me, the more I succeed. And
2: I think what's so incredible about that is that you're okay with not knowing it. You're okay with not knowing what an outcome is going to be before you try it. And I think so many people feel they have to know all the steps and have all the knowledge to get to where they want to eventually be, and that's not true. There's a lot of risk. Yeah, exactly. Like
1: I think that I've also grown to love that one of my favorite things about life is the unknown.
2: Dude, <laughs> I I'll just Embrace
1: the unknown.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was vibing
1: with you. I felt it. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the unknown, but you knew. You knew. I knew the unknown. Now
2: we're transcending into Andy' segment, Mystic Pizza, that's where we talk about weird
4: that, yeah, yeah. things. That's true.
1: Yeah. By the way, we're all very high. <laughs> <Super. laughs>
0: but now, that that's exactly where I, all that was leading. This idea of stepping out into the unknown. That's yes. another thing that, in order to be creative and do all this stuff, is essential.
1: I love the unknown so Mm. much that it's sort of the currency that I live by now. I just can't get enough. It makes me like kind of emotional just thinking (laughs) about how much we don't know and how much possibility there is. Those moments in my life where I have no idea what's going to happen are the moments where I am truly the happiest Mm. because anything could happen Mm -hmm. and I can make whatever I want happen and there's so much possibility and I'm totally that person that I just, like, if I look into space and think about it for too long, it just makes me so You start excited. getting weepy. Yeah, <laughs> and then I just cry forever because it's so beautiful and there's so much that we don't know. And uh,
0: And it sounds like, I mean, the, uh, the key to unlocking that in your creative journey is just diving into curiosity all the time yes
1: always being always being curious and not being afraid of of outcomes anymore
0: (laughs) all right that's it yeah (laughs)
1: that's that's okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm cutting it off that's enough of this
1: Uh, well thanks this was awesome thank
0: you thanks for dropping all this sweet wisdom say bye 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 that's the weird cow bye Man, thank you, Meg, for coming and bringing all this awesomeness to Columbus, Ohio, and taking your morning out to sit with me and Danielle and chat through uh, your life and work. Uh, Super appreciate it. You are awesome. Thank you so much. We love you. Uh, By the way, you can stay tuned after this episode. We're going to have some bonus content. It's bonus content. It's going to be awesome. Uh, It's... uh, (laughs) Andrew Nyer and I went to San Francisco to bring our Color Me show. It's basically a giant black and white mural that you can color in with five-foot markers that Andrew designed. Andrew's a product designer. He makes gorgeous, legit lighting and awesome home products that have humor and great design baked in. You can see his stuff and it's literally called Stuff, that's his brand, at andrewnayer.com. Uh, He's gonna talk to us about the difference uh, from being just one employee to actually hiring other people and all the things you gotta think about and how that changes things. It was a great conversation because, you know, I'm kind of questioning whether I wanna hire anybody ever um, or whether I just wanna keep going solo for the rest of my days. Um, really interesting stuff there, and we had a fun conversation. And then after that, you will get to hear from Jordan Fernie. The, the person behind the blog Oh Happy Day and the person who brought us out to San Francisco for her pop-up experience called Color Factory. You can see more about that at colorfactory.co or follow them on Instagram. It's a giant pop-up experience of color sensations uh, and I sat down and talked with Leah Rosenberg and Aaron Jang and Jordan Fernie about that experience and then also about um be you know, how blogging has changed and how she's kind of rolled with the times and uh, some tips there. Really good stuff. Uh Erin Jang um it was our connection there. Erin has amazing artwork, amazing design work. Um you should go check her out at uh you can search indigo bunting. Her work is super, super good and we've collaborated a few times over the years i got to finally meet in person it was super fun anyway that's the bonus content stay tuned for that after the thank yous big thank you to yoni wolf and the band y for the theme tunes thank you nate utesh and the band metavari for all the other tunes you can find their stuff at soundcloud.com slash metavari thank you to alex sugg for editing this podcast thank you very much buddy i really appreciate you and uh thanks to all you guys who are listening I hope this has pepped you up for another week. And until then, do whatever it takes to stay pepped up. All right. Now it's the deal is done. Whoa. It's on. We're live. <laughs> uh, so, uh... I will probably set this up in the actual episode. that I'm we're... just going to
5: talk like this the whole time.
0: I'm with a 50s in... <laughs> news reporter.
5: We're in San Francisco, see? <laughs> I
0: am not like to talk about. And uh, we just robbed a bank. <laughs> um, with my time again. And, uh, yeah, so, anyways, I'll probably set all that up. But we've been talking about how uh, I'm really afraid to make the leap into having employees because I like being a squirrely freelancer that can just choose my own schedule and even though I work a lot, I still love the ability to just fly solo. I'm also an introvert, which you seem like you're an introvert a lot of the times at least. Yeah. Um what has been what has been what have been the good things and the bad things of turning into a company over the how how long ago did you get employees yeah, so first?
5: The first I've always had kind of like part-time people that helped out um, over the years, like when I would be doing bigger production runs. Yeah. And so, but that never really, f- it didn't change my schedule as much because it was always like I would be doing the same thing they were doing. So we'd be doing this big production batch. So it was kind of like a a phase of production. But then I would, I think it would have been, I met Alex when I was at ICFF and. New York, 2015. Yeah, so he would have he would have come on right after that. So yeah. June of 2015. Right, and he's he's been full time since then. And then for two years. And then yeah, yeah. so that was first full time employee. Yeah, and um, the biggest initial obstacle for me was I think was like okay, I not only have to organize my schedule more, I have to provide work for this guy to come in and do
0: instead of yeah. just be like uh, I guess that yeah. we're going to stare start. at you Told yeah. You told me yeah. that. There used to be lots of times you just, like, stared at a wall. Yeah. Just, like, to zone out. and Yeah,
5: because yeah, I was, like, my creative process yes. was, like, daydreaming. Yeah. And so it's, like, uh, so I think for me, right, the biggest thing that I got, I think, after, like, the first, just even the first week of, of doing it was starting my day exactly the same time and then finishing my day the same time was, like, something I'd yeah. never really kind of took job, or really never gave the right amount of value to that. So for me, having a family that was like the biggest... Like a different thing. type of accountability. That yeah, so it was like okay, it gave it gave both Jen and I a better kind of respect for each other's work a little more. Yeah. That That eventually was able to provide back like go the same way for her. So it yeah. was easier. You take it more Yeah, seriously. so that I think that was the initial, the biggest takeaway up front. But then I think as it as that kind of relationship of having employees grew, I became um, more aware of what do I need to be doing. And mm-hmm. that's still like a, like in a learning process. But the biggest thing for me was starting to realize, okay, what's, what's the value of each individual employee? And then what can they re- both relieve me of and then also do better than I can? Yeah. So I used to spend more time like, after I get an idea, I would go through, okay, I'm going to make the drawings and kind of do some crude things like that. Only to realize, like, Alex is, like, industrial designer. So he's infinitely better than... Yeah. That I, so after after we've kind of worked out the concept together, back, back in, kind of bouncing things back and forth, once we have, like, okay, this is what we think this form should look like, Alex will take him to, like, renders and doing things like that. Yeah. And so that, for me, seeing that and kind of, like, realizing, okay, each person that... Higher could potentially since we're still a small team they're going to be doing a lot of things like we still kind of have our hands in everything but eventually yeah. as we keep growing those roles can start to get a little bit more defined and it helps really shape what like a team looks like so mm-hmm. it's hard because I'm still like in the early phase of like we only have two full-time employees yeah. and so it's not it's not like we have Three production managers, yeah. an administration, like so. I think as we get closer to that, each person's role will be like even more clearly defined. But mm-hmm. for me, the biggest takeaway so far benefit is it just gives a totally
0: different schedule of things. Yeah, and so um, see, I think that um, that so many of us, as we're if we're fortunate enough to grow we kind of always assume more growth is better, grow, grow, do. And, and one of the natural steps in a business is hiring employees. And I think what's interesting that you can speak to that other people that have not experienced this uh, can't speak to is this idea of um, the difference between what you thought you were going to get from an employee and what you actually get. Uh, what, were, what was a misconception that you thought before you hired somebody, you thought, this is going to do this thing. And then it's just, that's not anything. Does that make any sense yeah I guess yeah.
5: for me I think my the the obstacle for hanging for hiring someone was more uh off the bat was I want to make sure I can pay this person yeah. for more than six months, yeah and so for me the thought of like bringing on someone full time and then being like oh sorry, I don't have work for you yeah was like that was like I don't like I don't want to... worst
0: nightmare yeah because yep. like
5: the, the idea of like not like firing someone but like laying someone off was like i don't I don't want to be in doing that. And, but,
0: but you, did you think that, um, like I, I think a lot of people think before they hire somebody, like I'm going to hire this person and then I'm going to have like 70% of my time is going to be free now that I'm delegating yeah. all of this stuff. And I just wonder what things did you think, this I'm going to get this thing out of having an employee that you didn't. It's just like
5: Yeah, so on that side, I would say I probably thought okay, each employee, I'm going to have more creative time. Yeah. But then I think part of it's been I have
0: more people to manage. Yeah. that's yeah. It's a whole new role that you didn't even, I mean, you probably had a sense of, but you didn't realize that.
5: And some of that is not necessarily just the employee comes out. A lot of it is each employee we've added is because the business is growing, so we need to relieve more of that. Right. And so yeah. most of the time of hires has been, we just our max capacity and it goes off. So I think yeah. when I would hire the next person, that's kind of been to be more out of like a strategic like how can we get more clear divine roles for each person. I think in that sense, I'm I'm expecting to have more time for each a job because that's why we're hiring a person, not just like we're bursting at the seams. We got to yeah. get more people. Yeah. So some of it's been always. Around like what our spatial capacity is, and so a lot of the hold off right now of growing the team has been because we just need to get the new studio going. Yeah, and so, um, but yeah, I would say I think each time I've always thought I was going to have more time. And yeah, then it gets and then your margin gets wiped away. I will say though, having the employees when you do have that free time. I am spending it a lot more intentionally and a lot more dil- diligently because right. it is uh a more clearly defined system and yeah, and yeah. I think there there's uh there's things I could probably do better. I just ha- my nature is wanting to be involved in a lot of things. Yeah. And so a lot of that is it's not it's not necessarily the fault of uh of the boys, it's more like me just wanting to be like, Oh, I wanna check in and make sure this yeah. is this and this <laughs> and just want to like
0: be involved. Yeah, in and make thing. sure
5: and just like want to make sure that people want to work there. Like that's a big yeah. thing for me. Yeah. It's like the reason why I started my own work was I didn't like the jobs I had because a lot yeah. of it was just cuz the work environment. They weren't necessarily bad people, it's just there was just things about the environment that were just not positive. Yeah, not. and so I yeah. just want to have like a trusting environment like the like even even like the guys have the option of taking days off whenever they need it whether their travel or family needs are and for me that's been good because it's allowed me to like try to have the same flexibility with my family I'm still like don't take off tons of days but it's it's Trying to like think of how you want your employees' lives to look has been good to try and reflect that back to my Yeah.
0: My work, my healthy. work family life. If when you're trying to provide healthy work environment for them, it makes you it's similar yeah. to like being a teacher where when you give advice to your students, then you go to do your own work. You're like, I yeah. better take that exactly. advice. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So it's like
5: I think it's hard it's really hard to um, kind of like to preach that back to myself, but it's yeah. been good. I think as the company grows, it's easier to try and trying to take a step outside and really look at like, okay, is this what I want to be doing? Is this how? Yeah. So like I'm in that kind of phase right now of really trying to plan out.
0: You're in. You're starting to go into like the working on the business instead of yeah. in it, so to speak.
5: It's always hard too because I think with every like creative person that grows their practice, they start running. They become a business person way more than they thought. I know. Yeah. And so for me that evolution has actually been, like, fun because I actually really enjoy that part of it. Yeah. So it's not it's not as much like, oh, I'm like the starved creative person that's no. just <laughs> running. It's just, that's just a nature, that's what allows me to be creative in, in different ways, but then also to, like, know, okay, this is an idea I really want to make. So, like, when we are working on the creative parts, yeah. I'm so much more excited about them because... Yeah. There's time and there's different money behind the projects. Before yeah. I was like, I have a really cool idea for a book. It been like three, four days. Yeah. And only to find out like a week later, like, this is really dumb. And I don't <laughs> and I don't like yeah. it. But now yeah. like if I make that mistake, I'm like, I wasted my time, I wasted Alex, I wasted Bill's time, like yeah. and it's like so the ideas it's it's hard because that same pressure makes you like more hesitant.
0: There's pros be, and cons yeah. to your creativity when you, yeah, like you take it seriously. Yeah, but sometimes you take it too seriously, so you don't give yourself enough like room for novelty. Yeah, so yeah. It's, I think that's
5: where like the planning and the strategy, and then time off is really valuable because it's like trying the the idea of like, to me it's it would be like trying to renovate a restaurant that's open seven days a week.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like you're yeah, like,
5: you're yeah. just like oh we can't do this. Yes. we can't implement anything new because we just got to go it's with gotta them. work. Yeah, yeah. Versus having some having a better like. Schedule things where we're not so rushed Allow will, I think, allow for a lot better implementing new things. And that's where I think really trying to think of how the new studio benefits the working relationship and the, the roles. And, yeah. And just yeah. how we make
0: things. And I think, for me, I'm trying to learn from you watching what you've done, knowing that I'm a really different personality type to you, just in that the... You have core competencies that I don't have that make you good at having a business like that and just seeing that if I want to take that path ever to have employees, that I know that I'm going to have to do things differently from the start, just from watching you. And so that's one of the things that I would encourage people to think about in terms of if you ever think about getting employees, that you should be trying to be as self-aware about those decisions as possible and know like... I'm gonna be good at these things I'm gonna be terrible at these things and 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 I think for me, what I'm trying to do is think the terrible things that i'm that i the things that I'm terrible at will help me help guide me to hire the right people that will be able to offset that
5: yeah, yeah, I think another thing I realized too was all the all the people that I've hired have been like really smart people that do what they do really yeah. well, and so uh, my like natural tendency is to like well, well this is how we do it to do this is like and try yeah. and like over explain things and so i micromanagers. I'm, yeah, and so like I think that's my natural tendency. So I've like had to really try to like chomp the bit a little bit to not and, and to just trust them to be like, Hey, this is what needs to be done and you kind of spend some time what you think might be yeah. the best way to figure this out. So like make a jig to make this faster, all those things and so Alex and Bill are just like really good at that and I think Half the reason why I hired them were it's like these are people who I can be around forty hours a week. Yeah, yeah, and so and that like actually give me energy and don't like and aren't like always like oh, I'm like, your oh I gotta talk yeah. to this guy. Yeah, so like oh, I think man. and they're so organized, which I I I can I'm organized when I'm like. Choosing to organize something, yeah. but like my pro- process, like anything, is just so scattered because I'm trying to do too many things, yeah. And so, I'll get something out and then I'll oh crap, I gotta go email this person, yeah. And so, but like every time they set up a job, they're like organizing all their tools in a row and then they're organizing all these pieces, yeah, and it just that that's good has bred a little bit back onto me, and it's been really helpful. That's awesome, people who know what they're doing and they can seek out the next task without being given it. So I think the biggest thing for, I think, scouting employees for me is just on a personal level. Like, are these, like, quality people who are going to, like, I don't know. I can I can easily trust any role with them, and they're going to do the job well, and they're invested in it, and they're not, um, I don't know. I think they're equally invested in growing the products yeah. in the same way. So that's been, I think it's really, really nice having People around you—it just yeah. you have to be. It's really hard to kind of find those people sometimes. Yeah. And so each each time, I'm like, oh, I think I might need a new person. It's really hard because you're like, we got to add a new person to the team, and that yeah. and then now yeah, there's, more, there's more there's and... more cogs that that person has to fit into. And so yeah. I think it's really hard because I I every time I'm like I really like
0: what we're in, and so I don't want to you don't want to mess with that. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. poof it up too much. Two things. One is. If someone's thinking about hiring somebody or whether that's a direction they want to go to eventually, what would be just one tip off the top of your head that you would say, this is something you need to think about um, before you really consider hiring somebody?
5: I would say, first off, is just the financial part. I think whatever you think you want to pay them, you need to have a lot more than that. Yes. And just because it's there's different costs associated with it you need to plan out i don't know how what type of benefits you want to have them have whether it's soft benefits or hard benefits and yeah. kind of walk through all that my dad's like really helpful for that cuz he's ran a business so he has yeah. more cuz i'm having not come from that background i think it's it's r- really beneficial to make a financial plan and then mm-hmm. whether you need to take that offset or however you plan for that Definitely treat treat your employee how you want to be treated in yeah. your job, both yep. in pay yep. and in all those things. So I think I think that was um, I, I think for me the biggest kind of thing to define up front. Whereas like I know I want the employee to have f- a flexible schedule because yeah. I would want that too. Yeah, and I hated working at a job where if an opportunity came up right and I just couldn't take off. So for yes. me, that was. To me, that's like nowadays one of the biggest things you can offer an employee is the ability. Yeah. yeah,
0: totally. So totally
3: I think
5: true,
0: and it sounds like there's hidden uh, advice in there too of connect with people who know business. Yeah, like have a mentor like your dad has has been for this process. I think that's super invaluable, and lots of people have people in that have experience at least managing people or hiring people or whatever that yeah. you can connect to.
5: I think it also just depends on like your industry. Like for me, we're working directly and like we're side to side to people all day. Yeah. So having an having like an open work environment where you're like actually like discussing things that aren't like hitting because before it was like every other job I have. There's like a big veil that's like don't talk about this. Oh, don't you mean talk like about.
0: a veil between the top and the bottom? So yeah, to speak. and yeah. so
5: and that they're involved in things. Um, it just makes. A, I, yeah, I would just say like the biggest thing is create like a trusting
0: environment for people. Yeah, it sounds like you hired people that um, have a lot of incentive to be owners in the company, so to speak. Like they like there's uh, this is sound like I, like one of the things I'm sensitive to is hiring somebody that wants to compete with me or wants yeah. to um, I don't know. Yeah, I think that it sounds like you have at least two people at this stage in their life. They're they're all about this thing that you guys are building, which is yeah, super powerful. Yeah. Um, last thing, and then we'll probably get back to this another time. Is what do you think the weirdest thing we've come across so far is since yeah, we've been? As yeah. As well. For me, my my I'm going to start with. There's a restaurant <laughs> in Cincinnati called Torn Basil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Torn basil is that? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's quite possibly
5: the worst combination of words I've ever come across. <laughs> it's never. It's never. We've just, been talking about it for two days. It's it's like some. It's like a practical joke. If someone gave me maybe, I, it's because I don't have any culinary knowledge of maybe. torn basil. Yeah, I didn't know torn basil. The idea was a of praise. someone just coming up to me and tearing a piece of. <laughs> A basil leaf and then <laughs> throwing it in my face.
0: Torn basil.
5: Hmm? Would you like a Would you, hand, preta- would you
0: like to indulge now? in it's, the? It's one of the weirdest. Torn basil. Yeah, so we're gonna hit it up on now.
5: The now home. it's gonna take off. This is like the biggest restaurant chain. <laughs> yeah. Is it only? In a, I think it's only an airport. Probably it's just been, an airport. The weirdest thing I've come to San Francisco. I don't know. It's been. I thought there was it's gonna be a cool. lot more people on the streets, but maybe we just weren't in the cool spot yet. Yeah,
0: we're gonna keep digging. All right. Thanks. (laughs) The worst interview ever. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? Was there anything cool? No, I don't know. Okay, so uh, the first question I have is for anybody that just may not know Oh Happy Day, would you just give us like a little short, brief introduction? Sure. Yeah.
4: Um, We are an online magazine that talks about like parties and celebrations, and we launched e-commerce two years ago, so we have a party store, but it's like highly curated. It's not like a... You go to your corner store and pick up yeah. some party supplies. It's, it's not like, like Party City. Yeah, 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 it's it's like very curated. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I started out as a blogger back when blogs were alive the blogs were in the good old thing. days, yeah. and uh, yeah, we're still somehow alive and kicking. Yeah,
0: you've kind of transformed exactly, into other things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, I saw on your site that you put the art in parties and all kinds of other things. Uh, that was pretty good. Um, could you tell us like what color factory is?
4: Yeah. So, um, I got the idea for this last January. Um, we'd been working on some experiential campaigns for a partner and they ended up not wanting to do it. And I was like, but I love all these ideas of like these experiences. um, especially basing experiences off of color because i'm I'm a huge um lover of color yeah and so yeah it, it sort of kind of got bigger and bigger and um i knew both leah and aaron um separately i knew leah i just knew her work she's a bay area artist and um she just it she's a like one of my favorite artists yeah and she deals a lot with color and especially like adding so much meaning to things and then um Erin I knew I mean she actually did our logo like 10 years ago yeah. <laughs> <laughs> forever ago yeah. I know um and then um yeah so she's you know, definitely, like one of my favorite designers ever. So I reached out to them and said, "Hey, I have this idea. Yeah. Do you guys want to do this?" And so then it sort do
0: of. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Uh, we've worked a bunch. Uh, well, at least a handful of times yeah. over the internet. First time we've actually met. Uh, what has what has this project been like for you? Have you ever worked on something? dimensionally at this scale?
6: Oh, this is totally new for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm used to working. I mean, my background is working as an art director at magazines and then um, working mainly in print. And so when Jordan approached me about this project, I was like, this is crazy. Are you sure you want to ask me? Do you want to hire uh, someone who does installations and interior design? But um, I knew that it was going to be like such a special project and I feel like um it's just been so awesome to think about what does the outside of the building look like how are the spaces going to be treated and and how do you move through each room and I think what really excited me was just working with Jordan and Leah just because I I love their work and we have so much like mutual respect and appreciation for how we work and so um that's been the best part I think working together like that.
0: What is uh do you have any lessons that you've learned about working on a project at this scale or anything that you think you'll take on to you know bigger projects down the road?
6: I think just say <laughs>
0: <laughs> what have you uh, no no major takeaways
6: I think so much of it is the lesson is working you just have faith when you work with people that yeah. you Trust um, professionally, but also if you really respect um, their creative vision. And I feel like the three of us, we really get each other. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of this would not even come together with, like, three different people. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it's really, it's, I usually hate that word magical, but it really is. It It really is. is. And it's a lot of risk-taking, I feel like. I think we, I know Leah and I were both I think after the first week, we're both like, oh my god, what did we sign up for? (laughs) But then we're like, it's okay, it's going to be amazing. Like, if we pull this off, it's going to be so, so good. And it really, it really is.
0: And could you just introduce yourself?
3: My (laughs) name is Leah Rosenberg. (laughs) Can we see her left? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, (laughs) Um,
0: And... What are you... Yeah, you can take it. Oh, for, I'm going to hold it. Yeah, you can just hold it over there. Uh, what are you hoping that people get from coming into this experience?
3: Well, I think it's been interesting to kind of roll out... Um, you know, it's almost like an onion, but like opposite... You know, we're like <laughs> revealing these layers, like yeah. these little surprises, the 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 outside of the building, or even like the... Um, the windows went up first like this is coming and Aaron really thought about like what colors are going where Mm -hmm. and then the stripes on the building went up and those lined up with a thing like every step of the way has been kind of like thought through and considered as a way of like I don't know sort of like a gift like I I ride my bike around the city Mm -hmm. and I think I'm always like looking for color in the city and then you know if I didn't know anything about this this would be like a you know, it's not. It didn't feel like an a- advertisement, really. It just felt like this is what is happening yeah. <laughs> right now, yeah. and I think just like you know, changing people's days in in a in a way like that, and then and then for those moments to actually extend into the space, and then out again with like some of the other details that we've done or come up with with the map and stuff. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I mean, I think this is like for me such a like. Um, amazing opportunity because I feel like there's a, there's a lot of chance for experimentation but it's also there's also like a time constraint and like things I, you know, I do a lot of installations for shows and stuff and it's mm-hmm. like, it's only, it's just up to me <laughs> whether or not it gets done and kind of like the schedule and that kind of thing and and this is very much working with a team. I mean, Jordan has an amazing team at Oh Happy Day mm-hmm. and um, a really amazing family and um, and just like bringing in other artists I think has been like such an amazing opportunity for me mm-hmm. to work with other people in that way. Um, I collaborate a lot but, I, but not in a way where I'm having to like here why don't you yeah. you do this or yeah, yeah. yeah. so but yeah I, I, I'll stop talking now
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's awesome and I think that for me what's so amazing is this level of care and uh, delight that that's given to the public without technology like I feel like everybody is constantly wowed so to speak uh, like we're overwowed with technology and this is like a space where um it feels much more personal like personal gifts um in every room uh one last question and then i'll move on i wonder if um like what you mentioned i'm really interested in that idea of like uh pivoting changing your business mm-hmm. always like trying to figure out what the what which way you should take your business next and you talking about uh, it's no secret that, like, web traffic changed and all this stuff changed. Um, how do you navigate that? When How do you know what to do next?
4: Well, um, that's a good question. Um, I think part of it is I have to be doing something I love. So yes. I know I was kind of early to Instagram. And so when blogs were, like, slowly dying... Um, but like, I don't think people had totally realized it yet. Yeah. And even I didn't realize it yet, but I knew I was bored with right. blogs and I knew that I was super excited about what was happening on Instagram. So I was kind of an early adopter and that's where I would put my best creative energy. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, we were able to like grow a pretty big following yeah. there. And so that when it came time to transition to focus more on social media and that's because that's where people were consuming. Um, their content that we already had a big platform so you know with some of that they'll people will unroll like a new app what was the one twi- the vine one yeah <laughs> and like yeah. we all, everyone used it for a month and you're yeah. like oh great one more thing we have to do or whatever yeah. <laughs> but um so you do have to be aware of that but for sure like there's no way to like pivot and transition unless you're genuinely passionate about it. Like Mm. it's, you can't sustain that unless it's like exciting. And so the same thing when we decided to do e-commerce, we knew we had to figure out different revenue sources just because, um, blog advertising was going away and that was Mm -hmm. like our main revenue source. Um, but you know, we made sure we did it in a way that we were super passionate about, you know, like I went to, Yeah. yeah, I found these amazing balloons from Japan and they're super, the people who make them don't ever answer the phone or emails. And you have to, like, <laughs> wire the money. Yeah. You actually have to go into the bank to wire the money to be able to buy yeah. You know, like, it's super annoying to be able to get these Japanese balloons, but they are so amazing, mm. and they're my... You know, so it's... We put that same level of passion into, like, everything. That's so, awesome. And I think that that's how you pivot, and that's how you sustain. Yeah. So even with Color Factory, you know, this is completely new for us. Like, the scale like... The amount of people that we will reach with this is mm. a next a totally level for us. Yeah, yeah, we're kind of in over our heads a little bit, yeah. but um, yeah, same thing. Like we know it's going to be good. Like I brought in the best people I knew, and I somehow tricked them into doing this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, like it's, it's. I mean, every little detail on this project has been thought through yeah. and deliberate, and um, I mean someone thought it through, picked out a color and thought about how someone would be experiencing each room, mm. how it would feel together. Um, yeah,
0: that's awesome. It sounds like, I think you, a lot of people talk about trusting your intuition and, and your you know, passion, but I like the idea of trusting your boredom as well yeah. Yeah. of like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm feeling bored with this. Maybe it's time to like exploring new mean, things I
4: mean even like the last few months I've been feeling like oh, Instagram feels stale you yeah. have to like have the most perfect f- photo so I'm you know like exploring other things and being yeah, yeah even I like
0: mean, real life experiences rather than just sure, online Sure, even though
4: like you're like oh th- I know this this is reliable this is how I make my revenue mm-hmm. but like being exactly tr- trusting your boredom yeah <laughs>
0: that's moving awesome on, uh,
4: I love that
0: yeah know? that's awesome well thanks guys I really appreciate it mm-hmm.